Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Wastelanders, Vault Dwellers, welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. As you can hear with me, there's some other sounds in the background because I am not alone this week. I've been doing a lot of these episodes by myself, but it's the end of the month. It's actually, we're just kind of, we've been rolling into the next month a little bit on these these patron episodes because things have been kind of busy, but it is March 1st because February is a very short month and I am here with my patron friends to discuss the best or worst villains in the Fallout games. So I'm just going to jump right into this and introduce some of our patrons that are joining us this week. We've got Jaxus joining us. Jax, welcome to the show, buddy. How's how's it going? Hello, everybody. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying being here and uh ready to talk about some villains yeah and if you are joining us on the live feed of this the live twitch or youtube stream or or you're checking this up on, on the youtube um the actual fallout lorecast youtube you can see that Jax is petting his little gnome buddy on his shoulder right now <laughs> <laughs> this is he's got a little gnome friend and uh so welcome to Jax and his gnome uh, i'll be interested to know uh find out your gnome's opinions about the villains as well um, I don't know if he's played Fallout, but we'll find out about that. And we also have Lil Green joining us again. Lil Green, welcome back. It's good to be back. Yeah, welcome back. And we also have Nova joining us. Nova, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, so guys, villains. We're talking about the despicable underbelly, the, well, sometimes the underbelly, sometimes the upper crust, sometimes, you know, the individuals in the Fallout universe that just drive us to do things a little bit, you know, to try and make the wasteland a little bit better or to seek revenge against those people who have wronged us. You know, oftentimes the antagonists in the series, just the worst of the worst. And I'm really interested to get your takes. I mean, I, oftentimes on this show, I've brought up some of the villains while talking about the stories and the lore. They come up a lot on this show. But I want to find out from you guys, who are the villains that really get under your skin? Who do you think are the most despicable characters in the series? And these 
don't have to be necessarily the big bads. They don't have to be the leaders of terrible factions or the most terrible individuals. They could be like personal vendetta people. They could be characters that you, from like specific quests that you were just like, oh my God, that one guy, I can't believe it. I just, oh, every time I see his face, yeah, right. I just can't stand his face. I just hate his guts. Like, I mean, some people just hate Preston Garvey, you know, I I did an episode about him and some people were just like, yeah, some people just, they just don't like the guy because, you know, I just, oh, just another settlement. Oh my God. But here's what I, I, here's what I want from you guys is um, every time Jacks, every time you adjust the microphone, it makes like sound. So, oh, that's me. I'm sorry. Oh, is that you? Is that Lil? Yeah. Oh, somebody's making a sound. So just be careful with that. I thought it was me. I'm like. Yeah, I, I thought somebody was making a. I started touching yeah. it thinking it was me. Oh, no. <laughs> well, be careful with that because I can't edit. I can't edit out all the sounds. So, um, but anyway, who would like to start? Who has a who has a villain that just really gets just gets under your skin just makes you makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck and just just mm, gets you going can't tell my hand is raised so uh, (laughs) yeah nova nova is not on camera right now nova start us out okay so my villain uh my villain has really been the foundation for the entire fallout series uh as to why the wasteland is the way it is and why the world the way it is so going back 25 210 years depending on which game you play it is china uh oh okay so i'm not i'm not xenophobic it's just from the lore itself right right so in the lore we're not talking in our world we're talking in the world of fallout and the united states versus china and the great war Yes, exactly. And right. not, even, not even just the Great War itself, but also leading up to the Great War, everywhere from the European Commonwealth, Middle East War, to the Sino-American War, to the Great War itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I chose this is because it was Chinese agents who conducted massive espionage throughout America and Canada during the European Commonwealth, Middle East War, which started the Third Red Scare. Uh, one of these missions, they unleashed the Blue Flu in 2050s in Denver, Colorado, which was a hemorrhagic, uh, which was a hemorrhagic fever, which is a form like similar to a bull or Marburg, if you guys are uh, familiar with that from yeah. 2014. Oh man! Oh my God! Yeah. Yes, that that is a terrible fate that you don't want to wish on anybody. Yeah, it, it, essentially, your essentially your body just melts inside of it. So uh, the inside of itself as your muscle matrices literally dissolve uh, apart. So they uh, China annexed many small nations to gain resources while the world was hyper-focused on Europe and the Middle East, kind of just duking it out. Uh, this is reminiscent of Japan's naval strategy during World War II called Nanshinro, or the Southern Strategy. Uh, so primarily they probably focus on Indonesia and their oil fields. Mm-hmm. Once those ran dry, though, they started the Sino-American War in the 2060, in 2066 by invading Alaska from the Seaward Peninsula. Uh, once they ran to the red, white, and blue brick wall of America, they used biological weapons uh, to try and get an advantage, biological and chemical weapons to try and get an advantage. This prompted America to dive into the Panamid Environment Project, PVP, which later became FEV. So that's right. where all that spawned from about, I, I think it was the 20, or about 2072, I think 2073, maybe when they started using chemical and biological weapons, uh, like unconventional warfare or weapons of mass destruction. Right. Right. So, so can can I, can I, can I pause you there? Okay. So, yes. (laughs) So are, are what you, what you're getting at is I I feel like I I got a sense of where this is going. Um, What you're getting at is if it wasn't for China, we wouldn't have all of the issues in the wasteland as it is. Yes, it wasn't where China would have all. We would not have any issues that we see in either in America or the wasteland itself. Uh, America wouldn't have the moral de- degradation that it had because it was through desperation that we had to start things like the PP or uh, uh, FEV. It was through. It was because of that we had things like Little Yang Z, where they were using Chinese prisoners of war or a, or uh, American uh, the like people who were arrested simply. Uh, uh, okay, it was people who were arrested or it was American uh, deserters from the U.S. military who were used for biological experiments or for used to create these really like abominations, as we would call them, really abominations of science. Sure. And and so it was through that where we became America became I would say we is because we're American, right, but like right. America became more dictatorship like in so the like it became dictatorship like and became really the terrible country that we see without any moral regard for the civilian workers and so the outcome of this was millions of millions upon millions of lives lost 
during the Sino-American War, a tangent of advanced technology away from civilian development towards automation in the military, increased social tension because the war stripped resources away from the home fronts, aka there was resource riots and, and energy riots. Um, and also, and eventually it culminated with a total nuclear annihilation we see at the beginning of Fallout 4. Right, right. So this is an interesting premise because you've got all of, I mean, you kind of have a rising tide on both sides, right? Yeah, exactly. So or, you have, yeah. and so let, let me play devil's advocate here. Okay. Um, so you have China using things like, and, and you're talking very despicable stuff here, chemical warfare, biological warfare, all of these terrible, terrible things in order to try to get the upper hand against the United States. Yes. And we know that they were falling, falling behind when it came to military power. The United States was pushing ahead with technology and they couldn't keep up in in this story. Um, so they had yeah. to fight back somehow. So they were using um, stealth technology to try to fight back. And then, of course, like you explained, they were using chemicals. They were using biological stuff. And so the United States was trying to compensate. And then they again, you know, rising tide on both sides, pushed back in ways that were unethical and things went back the other direction. And and so therefore things kind of get worse, worse on both sides, right? Everybody's yeah. getting more desperate and doing things on both sides. And so you're saying, so China is, is ultimately to blame because they're the ones who heightened this in the first place, which caused tensions to rise on the American side. And eventually everything went to hell. Well, it sounds like the, not just because they heightened it, it's because they started everything. Because, like, it was before the war even began, America unveiled the first fusion cell. And you know for a fact, like, we know for a fact, just simply based off of how technology is spread around the world, that eventually fusion cells would have made their, like, fusion technology itself would have made its way into China if they, if they didn't do this. Because, like, the reason why America was a sole proprietor of nuclear uh, fusion energy like this is because all the resources that could have been made, uh, could have been used manufacturing, developing even further were instead used on the war effort. Uh-huh. And so, and so like if China never really invaded Alaska, the, all the, uh, everything could have been completely different because like just nuclear or not even nuclear proliferation, but fusion technology proliferation across the world would have been a huge boom business that every single American company would have just been scrounging to get towards because they wouldn't be the first in this country to, because the European market would have been tapped. China market would have been tapped. The rest of Europe would have been tapped. Africa would have been tapped. And then this huge economic revolution that could have happened. But instead, everything, instead, the entire mil, or the entire U.S. economy was instead put on a war footing to fight China, right. the second, well, the second largest economy on earth. And like, I don't know they had like a 3 billion population, 3 billion people population. I think I read when, uh, when looking, when, uh, I created my first video on this long story short, I, I do a lot of videos on occasion, but mm-hmm. like, I think it's like China had a 3 billion population while America had 400, 400 million, uh, like purse population. So America right. had to develop these, yes, yeah, so sort of America had to develop these massive countermeasures like power armor, for example, which was the like perfect, which basically made a single man into a walking tank where he gets like it said in the lore, take out an entire town by itself in. So like what I'm trying to get at is that if China never did this, the like, nuclear energy fusion energy especially would have completely revolutionized everything it would have made oil obsolete it would have made uranium and thorium obsolete it would have made everything completely different but so instead we could have had like a a peaceful like coexistence rather yeah, exactly. than than a a, a warlike end yeah, yeah yeah i get i get where you're going if, with this if they yeah. just waited a couple years but instead Humans will be humans, I guess. Right, right. We all can't necessarily share in all the nice things together. We all have to hoard yeah. them and and make things difficult for each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get where you're going with this. Let's uh, let's open this up. Um, Little Green Jacks, what do you think? You guys have I any mean, thoughts on this? Oh, Maverick joined. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the the Chinese, like I, yes, are like the overarching. Not really the overarching. I guess you could say that they're they're like an overarching enemy, but they yeah they are like the only reason why we have the Fallout universe. I guess you could say as we have it, because without their aggression, 
the nuclear war wouldn't have happened. So he and but like the way that they got to the end point is also horrific. So sure. Yeah. Sure. So, like, everything he's saying, like, extremely valid points. And I never would have thought, uh, you know, of even just saying the Chinese, because it's not something that you, in main games, go against. But, like, it, it, it's a theme of, like, you know, like, the, in the background. Like, it's, it's not like it's just, like, you know, kind of brushed upon. No, it's, like, talked about throughout every single game in, like, either terminals, notes, or something like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, in Fallout 3 and 76, you both go up against the Chinese remnants in 3 and then the uh, yeah. Liberator droids in yeah, 76, which, which could be considered Chinese uh, military still. So well, they are. I'll, yeah. I'll consider it. I'll give it to you. Was it ever actually determined whether or not China was the first one to throw the bombs? No. Well, they retaliated? It's not for well, sure. I mean, there well, are some uh, there is some lore behind it, but it's it, it's hard to confirm the the truth behind a lot of the statements i would say I it was heard. definitely i would say it was definitely the chinese because hold on, i just here's my little show notes that i have written down because i love being organized so in 2074 <laughs> america started countervision of mainland china forcing the chinese to shift uh shift resources from anchorage as uh, towards the american beachhead at shantu as the invasion began to bog down, uh, this gave the, this gave him, the invasion began to bog down because the Chinese were throwing so much at the at the beachhead. This gave America the breathing room to reorganize and put pressure on the Chinese still in Alaska and eventually push them out. Uh, that didn't happen until the deployment of T fifty one B to power armor in twenty seventy six, however, which eventually began to steamroll Chinese forces in both Alaska and China, allowing General Chase to push the commies out of North America. Uh, and so once that happened, America was able to focus their entire military on mainland China. So we know by 2077 that China was collapsing. Uh, Marines had cut all the way through, had cut through, had cut north from the beach landing and began to launch attacks to the Gobi Desert. We know this from uh, from Clark, uh, the survivalist, because his armor, his, his armor has uh uh, his armor, uh, which, you know, it might be Shanghai, I think his armor has, but we know, we know U.S. Marines were fighting in the Gobi desert, which is like a couple hundred miles away from, from the coast, uh, from the, from the Pacific coast. And then, uh, we know that, that there was a Nanjing and a, a Shanghai campaign as well. Um, and so once Nanjing fell, that opened that opened the route really for Beijing, which is the capital of China, because Nanjing is uh, Nanjing is east of Beijing. It's just east of Beijing along the um, I forget which river it is, but it's the main river of China, though. And so like this really just shows that China was collapsing because America had already taken out a lot of their major cities had already cut over 100 miles into their territory in attacks and was just literally assaulting every single part of China and that Chinese forces really couldn't hang on to, hang on to this. And we also and also says inside lore that Chinese supply lines were compl- collapsing everywhere. So they couldn't hold on to the territory they had. They couldn't fight back in any ways. They were just simply done for. And so in my mind, I'd say it's almost definite that the Chinese were the ones who launched the nuke as almost a last act of petty revenge, saying if we can't win the war, you're not going to win it either. Yeah. But he, again, devil's advocate, likelihood doesn't necessarily confirm actuality. So yeah. just because yeah, my blank, my just because exploded in knowledge, <laughs> just, just because <laughs> I mean, just because something yeah. is the most likely thing doesn't mean that there's confirmation that it is actually what happened. Um, and there are a lot of other pressures going on in the world for other things. There are a lot of other contingencies. So um, and this is a video game. This like yeah. the lore as written by the developers and what actually happens isn't revealed like in nothing and from my correspondence and, and talking with the game developers nothing is canon in these games until it's actually in the games so the the truth of the matter here is that no game actually states who dropped the bombs so the actual truth about who dropped the bombs is that it's it's like schrodinger's cat it's not been stated yet so therefore it there there is no truth it'd just be conjecture it's it's all conjecture so until we get a game that actually tells us this is who drops the bombs then there is no truth like and and that's a that's a hard actually like let's back up a step that's a hard meta truth for a lot people a lot of people to understand because a lot of people are going to be like oh my god no i was so convinced it was the chinese or i was so convinced it was it was vault or whoever but the truth of the matter is until it shows up in a game there is no actual factual truth as to 
who actually did it because it hasn't showed up in a game yet. So even though China is, you're right, China is the most likely culprit, doesn't mean that that's going to be what actually gets decided should that ever show up in a game. And my guess is that just like in, say, the Elder Scrolls with like, whatever happened to the Dwemer, this is going to be one of those things that they never tell us. This is going to be one of those things that they, they always let us wonder about. And this this becomes one of those things we debate on podcasts like this until the end of time. But we never actually get an a honest to goodness, definitive. This is exactly what happened. It will always be. Yeah, it's an 80 percent chance it was China and it was a you know 15 percent chance it was Voltec and whatever. But we never really, really, really know. Yeah, I, I, I just think it was us. <laughs> just uh, just America saying screw you. Yeah, I was just I was just, I was yeah, pretty much. I was just basing this off of just uh, like what what I could read in the lore and sure. like, what we know from the absolutely game because absolutely because because we know from the survivors Randall that's his name Randall Clark that he did or that the armor he got did was serving in Shanghai and we and Shanghai is a massive city and if Shanghai was under attack we know that China was in pretty desperate straits sure and so but but who knows maybe they were about to turn things around like we don't know. We're like, oh, just yeah. just because we have the that information and on top of it, just like any other, like we are in the age of uh, <laughs> pr- propaganda information. Right. Like like think about all the information that we've, we're getting right now from all sorts of sources that is not 100 percent correct on purpose. Like and, th- and this is another devil's advocate thing here right now uh, with the information that we have about the Chinese American conflict. Most of what we have in the games is from the American perspective. Yeah. And it's hundreds yeah. of years later. So it's going to be couched and and framed in all of this pro-American perspective. So yeah, it's going to be so skewed. It's going to be extremely skewed. America. Yeah. So like who's to say what the actual hard facts are for any of that stuff? Because it's all coming from the lens of a pro-American perspective, or at least a lot of it is. Um, and some of it in a much harder pro-American perspective than others. So uh, there's a, there's a lot of variables there. But I, yeah, I totally get where you're going. Um, but yeah, we only have one source though to go off of, and so we're going to base mm-hmm. everything we know off of that because there's no way to there's no way to get a, like a different view other than what we're provided. Otherwise, you just go into the, you go into the, the land of uh, of like really can either conjecture or just like or like writing your own stories about it yeah exactly exactly yeah so but yeah china china is an interesting an interesting villain you know especially for yeah. the for the u.s and um yeah. the kinds of tactics they used are you know very different than the kinds of things the u.s used so really really interesting uh perspective and a lot of cool a lot of cool facts you brought um maverick welcome to the show buddy we didn't get to introduce you i'm glad you were able to make it how's it going hello 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 good so um, so let's uh, let's move this in another direction. I know some of you you guys have some other villains. We're talking villains, Maverick, our favorite villains in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, Lil Green, you've been on the show a number of times. Do you have a favorite villain? Let's move on to you. I think I have two that come to mind, honestly. But the one that really gets underneath my skin, honestly, is Kaiser or Caesar, just mm-hmm. because of the atrocities that you come across when you're dealing with him. It is ungodly in my eyes. Yeah. New Vegas. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Megalomaniac. Total psychopath. Old Testament. That's the best way to put it. Old Testament. He he does not care about it's like he doesn't care about modern, like the modern society. He just cares about, you know, what he thinks is right. And absolute power and the way he goes about it is terrifying yeah yeah when you really put yourself into it yeah (laughs) so you have a do you have an example that really really gets to you the most i think the first like the first time when you really come across the legion i forgot what like was it no yeah and like you just see people crucified up and down the road and it's just and like the the town is laid to waste everything's on fire and it's just like why? Because like you just you see, I think you see not only civilians but also like the powder gangers. I'm just like, what happened? But and why would you do this? And then you go to uh, where they're scare the, tactics. Yeah, and then you just go to the where the legion is, and like you see slaves, like walking around. I'm just like, like 
I thought this was stuff of the past, <laughs> but no, it's not. It's Roman times, but two times, yeah. three times worse. Yeah. Well, here's yeah, so here's the scary thing is that is that there are places on the planet where things like that still happen. Uh-huh. And, yep. you know, mm-hmm. like, thankfully, we live in a society where that is very rare. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, like and that, that's I mean, this is one of the warnings of games like this. And this is one of the this is one of those things that people like, well, if anybody complains on like a review, they're like, oh, I can't believe he gets too political. He gets too political on the show. And it's like, no, that, have you have you played the have you played Fallout? Have you paid attention to the to the to the stories in this in this freaking game? Like, that's the whole point of it this game. All politics. Yeah. The whole point of this yeah. game is it's that politics and war. Yeah. The whole point of this game is that we're on the knife's War. edge of falling back in to freaking like the dark ages like a few bombs go off and all of a sudden we're in like nuclear winter and Especially human beings now. thanks putin yeah um. right oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah um, right but like we're on the knife's edge of just falling back into the dark ages and treating each other like like absolute garbage and crucifying people on the side of a road you know like this is human beings and this is how human beings treat each other and it hasn't been until but i don't know only a few only so many generations of people in certain parts of the world that we've all agreed to start treating each other like actual humans human being like peers and rule of law and even that is kind of on a slippery slope sometimes where some people just get a pass because they make more money than other people and that still happens in the world like in our own society like yeah. blatantly blatantly yeah like all of this stuff and and then and, and, and to bring that up on a podcast like this people are like you're taking the fun out of my video game time and it's like <laughs> it's like this that's what this game is about haven't you noticed like i don't know anyway uh, I'll, I'll get your, off my your head must be in the sand. i'm getting off my, your my soapbox here where were you at <laughs> right that's what this every story in this game is about things like that but anyway yeah. um but yeah kaiser is absolutely the poster child for you know what happens when you put a megalomaniac in charge of a society of people who don't stand up against him yeah and then he just wants more power and he does everything he can to assassinate and destroy everybody in his path man that doesn't that sounds just like somebody else (laughs) who's in the news a lot right now (laughs) you've got he's also a larper yeah, and he's a, and he's a larper, yeah. right? Yes, absolutely. That's so, oh but, uh, man. But no, the second person that I had, it's kind of more of a. I don't know if you would consider him a villain though, but Pikmin from Four, going into his house, is it's shock factor. So because like like um because he's he's one a serial killer, but he also creates art out of people's bodies. Mm-hmm. So Did that was. Again? Um, Pikmin, like he's a serial killer and he creates art using their blood and other parts of their bodies. Yeah. If I remember that correctly. That, um, oh God. Yeah. That reminds me of, uh, yeah, that's a new one for me. How do you spell his name? Pikmin. P-I-C-K-M-A-N. P-I-C-K-E-M, isn't it? Oh. I just looked it up too. Pikmin? <laughs> Pikmin. He's honestly more of an anti oh, Pikmin. Because he, because the people he kill is like is exclusively raiders that's true it's been a while since i've like come across like you know played for but like he's just someone that stuck out in my mind of like yeah oh, raiders specifically this guy was yeah brutal but even still like yeah but it, it's still the fact that like that's that's making vigilantes what you, okay yeah. you know what you're saying is brutal you like a wasteman batman <laughs> I'm thinking more like Punisher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. It's more of a yeah. Punisher. Uh, more like Punisher. Well, yeah, okay, kind of a, but he's sad. kind of more sadistic than that. So here, here's yeah. the here's the yeah. uh, fallout. You guys launch mini nukes at, at Raiders. What do you mean sadistic? <laughs> well, it's one thing to blow somebody up. It's another yeah. thing to. Well, here, here. Let me read the read. This is the fandom.com article. It says uh, Pikmin is a man with a strong dislike for Raiders, killing anyone who wanders into his home. So he's protecting his home, so not so bad. While generally presenting himself as a collected and polite he is actually extremely disturbed casually mentioning his hobby of collecting the raiders heads he keeps a collection of their heads <laughs> yeah i just casually i'm bringing it up in conversation kind of like kind of like a food allergy 
<laughs> yeah. So it's one thing. It's one thing to be like, yeah, we need to get rid of the Raiders. Let's uh, kill them. <laughs> like that's good, right? Like, yeah. okay, these people are terrorizing like yeah, yeah. regular people uh, and trying to live their lives. Waste. Let's get rid of them. <laughs> it's another thing to be like, and now I'm going to collect all their heads and take the heads back to my house and decorate. Like that's <laughs> that's the part I, that gets a little bit like mm, probably not I a good. I see idea. him like humming a tune while he's carrying a couple of heads down the hallway. You know? Right. Like maybe he's going to juggling them. He's like entertainment time. Which raider heads should I juggle today? <laughs> oh man this kind of reminds me of funko pops i don't know why i'm just getting the funko pop like idea just like <laughs> my funko pop collection because the heads are real big on funko pops. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah exactly yeah oh man <laughs> oh yeah those are the the two people that i have come to mind just because like it's more of a sh- i guess it's like they have massive amounts of shock factor when you come across them one of them is really a small encounter when it comes to pikmin but like kaisar He's like he's there throughout the entire game, and his legion is there throughout the entire game too. So it's hard to escape him. And, so, and both are both are disturbed. In New Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Both are I both mean, are very disturbed. So I think you've well, got that, that going. He's incredibly powerful. I mean, the legion. I mean, that group is. I mean, he took out what fifty-seven. Or I actually, I think I found out it was even more than that. He took out like a. almost 187 yeah different societies and he didn't just beat them he turned them to their side to his side you know that's crazy yeah there's a there's a lot there's a big power grab in the history behind that Yeah. yeah well guys it's the middle of the show we're gonna take a break i'm gonna thank you guys the patrons and we're gonna read out a review and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk with jaxis and maverick about your favorite villains so be ready for that so here we go Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. And you know what? We've got a new patron to welcome, Austin W. Welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for signing up and welcome to everybody. Thank you to, well, thank you to everybody, all 46 of our patrons. Thank you to all of you guys for helping to support the Patreon. You guys help make this a full-time career for me and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. This has been a dream job and something that has completely changed my life. So thank you to all of you for making this a big, a big deal for me personally. And um, if, heck, if this show has helped you stay I don't know, entertained at work or driving to work or while working out or while um, making dog. Is that a dog hand puppet <laughs> while making hand puppets? Then go to patreon.com slash fallout lorecast and check out all the different tiers where you can get things like ad free episodes or join us on a future episode just like this, where we talk about our favorite villains or whatever else in the future, or we get t-shirts and those kinds of things. Cause we've got those on the Patreon. Um, but thank you to all of you guys. And just from the bottom of my heart so much, I really, really do appreciate it. And we have a new review. This one. So this one, I think there was a mistake here because 
it says one star, but I think they meant to click five stars. Maybe misclicked or something something went wrong with that. But I think this is a five star review because Escaped Soul 01 wrote Hooked. I started listening to this podcast after hearing about it in a Discord for a different show. I gave it a listen and I'm now hooked. The questions that are posed in the episodes are exactly what my brain ponders all the time. The lore and fallout is so interesting and the hours that Robot spends researching is top notch. Thank you for the show and you uh, thank you for the hours of entertainment. So I think that's supposed to be a five star review, not a one. It doesn't sound like they're upset with the show. So um, so thank you, Escaped Soul. Uh, if you wouldn't mind going back and maybe re-clicking the number of stars to not one, that would be super helpful. Um, but thank you for taking the time to leave a rating and a review. And anybody else who does so will get read out on a future episode of the show for Apple Podcasts. And also, you can also leave a rating on Spotify if you listen on there. And I know more than like half of our listeners do listen on there. So if you just take a second to go do that, I would really appreciate it. And that's what we got for the middle of the show. So I'm not going to take any more of your time. Let's go back to our patrons and talk more about evil villains. Here we go. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right. We got, yeah, yeah. We got to know. Leave the two dudes that do this for, do it in our own podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> this this stuff. half of the show is brought to you by the Fallout Roundtable. Um, so <laughs> so uh, Jaxus, Jaxus, let's move on to you, buddy. What do you what do you think about when you think about terrible terrible people who make your skin crawl? So, uh, all right. So this particular individual is the only person in the game that I can think of that gave me a true emotional response. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So I'm sitting inside my carbonated chamber and this guy walks up and he snatches my kid and shoots my wife and I'm trapped. And that sensation that I felt, even though I was in the game, Kellogg really made me mad. Like I was actually upset. I was, I was upset. You know, I'm like, I can't get out of this thing. I can't do anything. It cre- I, I, it created that, that feeling of being trapped, even though I was sitting here and not in a video game, but it's pretty messed sensation. up. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like that's the beginning of the game. It is. It you, is. Yeah. Whoa. Sorry, Maverick. You're, you're, uh, I think the internet's kind of messing up your voice. Try and say that again. Uh Oh, I think we might Let have me lost. connect to the Wi-Fi here. Okay, do do your best to reconnect, and then we'll get back to you. Um, but I was about to say, Jaxus, that you the beginning of Fallout Four, we find out that you have a family. You spend time with your kid. You talk to your wife. You you hang out with Mister Handy. You know, like everybody, everything's good, and all of a sudden, everybody's hurrying to the vault, and everything's and everything seems fine. You get in your little chambers. You can see your spouse across the way with your child, and then. All of a sudden, he shows up, and he takes it all away from you. Precisely. And and that's a crush. I I guess I put it in perspective, because I have children. I have a wife. You know, so for me, I I put myself in the shoes when I'm playing the game. So I I, I had an emotional attachment to that moment. I was very angry. And I hunted him immediately after I got out of there. I was dead set on finding him. Yeah. So and, uh, in, in Fallout 4, that's one of the first things you do. That's like one of the like if you follow the main mm-hmm. story missions, it's like that's one of the first things you do is like figure out what happened to your child. OK, who is this Kellogg guy? Go find him. Like that's pretty early on in the storyline. So that did you just kind of beeline it? Oh, yeah. Right to him. I was after him. Like I was that pissed. Like it probably took me a couple out about three or four hours to actually get through to get to him. Yeah. 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 So when you find him, there's that moment where you approach him and he's pretty chill and he's like, mm. all right. So you decided to come for me. I thought I thought eventually you would, you know, like there's that whole dialogue thing. Right. Right. How yeah. did you feel when he was so like he was he's pretty nonchalant. I want to do it just immediately attack. But like, you know, going through the process, him starting to talk about, you know, him having implants and all that other stuff is, you know, trying to get you to feel sympathy i felt none none you just didn't care i was just waiting until it was over yeah keep talking yeah. it's cool yeah I'm and then there's the whole part on. there's a whole part where we actually see some of like the background where we do the whole like uh right. the brain thing 
um yeah, the, memory the, lounger. the memory lounger yeah, yeah yeah that whole thing and you can get to see some of the background and stuff that is still nothing you're just like mm-hmm. you're like no nope. no sympathy for this guy nope he killed my wife man yeah i gotta ghost him yeah. <laughs> 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 even if i had any oh i mean there, now mind you there was a softening mm-hmm. but it, it was it was more of an understanding of his situation and but he still handled his situation poorly <laughs> right <laughs> poorly right. so uh he dealt with the consequences of his actions for sure yeah i got you i got you with his life with his life all right it sounds like we've got maverick back what were you gonna what, you were gonna chime in and say something maverick well i was just agreeing with you yeah okay all right what do the rest Pretty of you much. guys think when it comes to kellogg i mean yeah he is uh a rather memorable person because of his actions but um it's he's someone that I, I feel like you don't see too much in the game so he's not the most memorable because yeah you see him in the beginning of the game he does shoot your uh, spouse and take your kid mm-hmm. but after that like you really don't see him until like you're like trying to kill him and uh like or like deal with him like throughout the game so but, but like you know he is someone that i do remember from four so you know, it's, but, eh. he's, he's a memorable character. He definitely yeah, he's memorable. I'm not. I'm, I won't deny yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So no, I won't deny deny it either. I'm just gonna say that uh, how I remember him is that uh, that he he he's your first taste of the wasteland after hundreds of years of being cryotubed, and then you somehow get woken up to see this and then you get froze back up. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be cooking and being mad thinking about that, that entire time. So yeah, I can see where all that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nova, what do you think? All I have to say is he aged very well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so like whatever I think of, Ma- I just said Maverick. Oh my God. I would say Kellogg, whatever I think of Kellogg, I think of really the face of the Institute because like he's the one who the wastelanders fear the most because they don't know anything about father. They don't know anything about the scientists. They don't know anything about the different divisions. Like right. they, they either think of the sense or if they didn't encounter Kellogg, uh, that's what they think of because he works for the Institute. He's their field operative. He's the one who does all the dirty work for them. So the, so the, so the Institute doesn't have to get their own hands dirty. They just supply him with the forces and the technology and the equipment he needs. And so that's why I think of, whenever I do think of Kellogg because he's like, like he's the halfway villain, the, the big bad until you, until you a big, like begin to understand of like what the, the entire scope of the Institute. Yeah. Yeah. He's your first introduction. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, to Jaxus's point, he does some really terrible things right from the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Your first impression of him is not very good. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not good at all. <laughs> no, it is. So, so I'd like to add a little something. So when 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 you finally meet up with him again, mm-hmm. he kind of reminds me of uh, he, if anyone's seen the book of Boba Fett, haven't seen the book of Boba Fett. There's spoilers coming up. Okay, so uh, spoilers. If you uh, if you're planning to watch the book of Boba Fett, it's it, I mean it's new, so jump ahead. Great a few TV minutes. show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he kind of reminds me that nonchalant Cad Bane. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, get, I get where we going. I mean, yeah, anybody who's kind of, uh, I mean, he's kind of that bounty hunter kind of personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he reminds me so much, it makes me sick. Okay, I got you. I got you. All right. But yeah. That, Wait a minute, didn't, he reminds me Maverick, didn't you say in a previous episode that you would be a bounty hunter in the wasteland? <laughs> he did. That's I just listened did. to that episode. I think I just listened to that like yesterday. Story, <laughs> Funny thing was, I think we were talking about it yesterday. Oh. Somehow, somewhere. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I know. I just heard it though. I just, li- I think I just listened to that episode. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I listened to it either yesterday or like two days ago or something like that. Because I've been slowly working. Th- I'm, I'm at like October of uh-huh. last year. Because I've been slowly working through all your episodes <laughs> as I work every day. <laughs> I remember that now. <laughs> so, I, I'd be a bounty hunter, and he's complaining about bounty hunters now in this episode. He's, he's a different kind of bounty hunter, though. 
Yeah, that's, that's yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, he's a different kind of. I, I just go after people. I, I just go after good looking people. <laughs> <laughs> so you're after that kind of bounty, huh? Okay. All right. All right. Mm. Well, uh, yeah. So Kellogg's Kellogg's a good one. Maverick. Since we're talking with you now, who, who's your who's what villain really gets under your skin? So everyone knows that I I am a enclave buff. Uh huh. Big enclave buff, but this time I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. I'm going to say Fallout 3, John Henry Eden. Okay. I mean, I just did an episode on John Henry Eden. I know. I just listened to it. Yeah. So yeah. you're, so you're, okay. So you're saying, you're saying that John Henry Eden is, is a, is your favorite villain is the one that really gets right under now. your skin right now. Right now he is. Wow. Okay. It, 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 it fluctuates depending on the day and what mood I'm in. Yeah, well, I get you. I get you. Yeah, I, I, I can totally understand that. Okay, so why John Henry Eden? Well, well, uh, he's like the perfect bad guy. He is, of course, you have if you haven't played Fallout Three either. Wow, it's but fine. It's it's like, a lore cast, and that that game is over ten years old. So he he, he is a supercomputer. Mm-hmm. He he is an AI supercomputer that tries to convince you that oh the enclave is good we're trying to that project purity is bad or whatever india has all these ibots going around saying oh we are the saviors of the wasteland or whatever or like join the the u.s government is back we're coming to help but even though they're doing the complete opposite yeah so the, i mean the trick here with john henry eden is that He's trying to save America for the non wastelanders, right? For the enclave mm-hmm. members and the vault dwellers who hadn't been out there and exposed to the remnants of the FEV virus. Because once the updated virus gets out there, it's going to kill everything that's been exposed to it, which means the majority of the wasteland is just going to die. So anybody who is is yeah. convinced that they're their saviors by those iBots and the propaganda is eventually just going to get killed by them anyway, which is super disturbing and dark. <laughs> what do you think yeah. about it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why you think yeah, no. he's he's terrible or it's terrible. I mean, it's it's an it. It's a it's a it, computer it, that's yeah, pretending it, to be it's a not person. Even a he or she. Right. It's an it. Right. It's cold blooded thinking computer. It's not even a human, you know, you know, like uh, Caesar. Right. Well, it's self-aware. Here's what's here's what's also crazy about it is it's a it's a program. It's a computer, but it's become self-aware. It is an it is a thinking machine that is now self-aware. It it is sentient. Yes, It, it can. It may not have empathy and human emotions, but it is self-aware as much as you or I are. It's actually a life form. It is a <laughs> it is a person in the same way as you and uh, you and I are. It 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 is trying it it tries to keep itself alive. It has self-awareness. It has objective, rational thought. It um you know like it has a working memory. It um you know it, it has a lot of the same functions that you or I would. It just doesn't have. It's not a human. So if you can wrap your mind around what that is even like, because we don't have anything that's like that yet. Also, would Johnny Henry Eden even be for the Volt Dwellers? Because if I remember correctly, in Fallout 2, they slaughtered most of of Volt 13 to the survivors. Right. He's not for the Vault Dwellers. It's just that's just a side effect because any of the Vault Dwellers who have not made it out into the surface yet haven't necessarily been... um, uh, irradiated. irradiated they haven't been uh well it's not even radiation they haven't been exposed, exposed to the fev that's out in the wasteland so right. they also wouldn't be killed off so what he's the point is that there are members of the enclave who haven't been out and exposed to the fev so the solution is that if they can get rid of everything that has been exposed then the only things that are left would be members of the enclave and anyone else who hasn't been exposed, which is yeah. it's the closest thing to wiping everybody out that is potentially a, a hazard 
all, all in one fell swoop. And the only things that would be left would be Enclave and anybody else that's been hiding somewhere and just hasn't been out in, in that, as far as I know, is potentially people in vaults. All right. Yeah, yeah. hiding in a hole like Vault in a hole. Yeah, like in a hole, or or maybe some people like in the institute, like that have yeah. just who are, who are yeah, potentially yeah. born in the institute and then just never left. You know, so like somebody like that maybe. Um, but outside of that, like I'd, everybody in the wasteland would be dead. I, 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 I'm, just, I'm just gonna say, I bet the people in the Institute all have at least some minor FEV exposure, considering they're the ones who made all the all the mutants within uh, within the capital wasteland. Just there's at least one minor break, uh, like containment breaks. So probably not even the people in the Institute either. Yeah, potentially, or yeah, any or if if groups have had like, for example, because Vault One Hundred One has been open to the surface and people have been coming and going, then chances are that Vault One Hundred One is actually infected. Uh, yeah, even though a lot of people in Vault One Hundred One would think that they're not because yeah. of the misinformation. Um, so yes, so chances are the people in the Institute are actually infected, even though a lot of them would believe that they're yeah. not. Um, yeah. This actually opens up a huge can of worms as well because th that means the viral load they have to reach before you actually begin to exhibit symptoms of FEV exposure. Well, this is this is also mm -hmm. the FEV after 200 years, so the FEV yeah. has continued to mutate, and it's also, uh, I believe, at this point has degenerated. So it's it's almost like a background level of virus exposure. Um, think of it like um, like one of the theories around the coronavirus is that, in fact. Here, here's a fact for you. The common cold is a type of coronavirus. Yes. And yes. the fact that we get the common cold yeah. and we keep getting the common cold is that it, it's a coronavirus. It's a coronavirus that has mutated and continued to mutate for years and years and years and years and years. The COVID-19 form of the coronavirus is a new form of coronavirus that has now entered the population over the last few years and continues to mutate. And one of yeah. the theories is that the reason why the newer variants are less lethal is that any form of virus that continues to kill the hosts and stay too lethal will eventually burn itself out because it can no longer keep itself around because it will kill its hosts. So mm -hmm. the, the default form of a virus in order to make sure that it can stick around is to stop killing its hosts. So eventually yeah. COVID-19 will become less and less and less lethal, which means it will it will eventually turn from pandemic to endemic, which means it will be more like the common cold eventually than it will like a lethal virus. So something like the FEV in the wasteland could eventually become something that exhibits less and less symptoms and become something that just people just pass around and shows almost no signs of anything. So the creatures that were mutated and showed extreme amounts of, you know, infection and then turned into ghouls and all sorts of terrible things 200 years in the past, like right after the great war and created all these terrible things 200 years later, eventually people are just passing around much weakened forms of the virus and everyone has it. But for most people, it doesn't really do anything anymore. Science. Science. <laughs> Science. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there aren't like heightened forms of it or more lethal f strains that are out there that you could possibly get. Um, but it does mean that most people have probably come across some some strain of it somewhere. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just wondering if there's I was just wondering if there's actually a tipping point or if it's like if it's just a slow if it's just a slow process for to cell divide to, to create cell like new copies within yourself. If it takes such, such a long time for someone who is newly infected with a, even a single strain, because there's no well, like presumably if you're brand new infected, and you never ex experienced it before, you would have zero immunity to it. I was wondering if it's such a slow development, like like where the cells split so slowly, where you didn't exhibit any symptoms, or if there's actually a tipping point, what we call or a viral load they have to reach before you begin to do that. I think I think it depends on the strain. Like if you're infected yeah. with a very minor strain like uh, like getting the common cold if it's something yeah, that your yeah. body is able to just fight off really easily you may not even show any symptoms at all um and but but your immune system has responded and now you have a basic defense for it and at the same time you may have remains of the viral strain in your system um and and that's and so going back to john henry eden he's 
engineered or his scientists have engineered a form, an updated form of the FEV that attacks anybody who has any form of the virus in their system, I believe, and now uses that against them and kills them. It's like it turns it back on and, and basically sabotages their bodies or something like that. So self-destruct switch. Yeah, it's like a self-destruct switch. So like the fact that you even had it in your system ever at all means that you are now able to be killed by this new strain of the virus. Um, so and, I mean, it's, and it's all like, you know, story magic but whatever well i love science fiction for that reason (laughs) right right so but that that just basically means anybody who ever came across that any even the weakest strains of it that just passed around like like a common cold that they never even showed any symptoms of having they're potentially killed so to go back to maverick's point that is extremely sadistic because nobody even knows it's coming and it potentially shows up in the water and they drink some water one day and the next thing they know they're probably their bodies are you know rebelling against them and they die (laughs) <laughs> they don't, nobody knows why. Um, and it was because they trusted a message from an iBot saying that they need to trust the Enclave because they, they are the saviors of the wasteland bringing back America. And people wonder why this podcast gets political. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Propaganda. <laughs> Propaganda. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty sadistic. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, most of the old scientific triples save humanity by killing humanity. Yeah, yeah. Trust us. We're we were to be trusted. Pay no attention to the uh, the, the virus or the, the 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 medicine in the water. It'll be fine. And then everyone dies. <laughs> did it? Did it? President Dick Richardson uh, do that before? Also, like it, he uh, was by his, the same thing, but his was airborne though. This is completely different. Right. It's waterborne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fallout Three was a, call, a lot of a lot of the Bethesda Fallouts are callbacks to a lot of the stuff that showed up in One and Two. But yeah, yeah, yeah he was in Fallout Two. Yeah, yeah. Dick Richardson. I love I love it because Great it's like name. he has the same name twice. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that like the same name twice? <laughs> right. It's just Dick Dick's son. Yeah. yeah, he's like Dick. Dick. It, 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 it really describes his character, a dick. Yeah, he's like a double dick. <laughs> he's a shark, is what you're saying. Oh boy. Oh man. Yeah, if you guys don't know, you need to go look up look up Dick Richardson. Look up his picture online because they've got like oh, the yeah. image. I'm looking at it right now. He's, I've been looking at it. He's a handsome dude. He's yeah. For sure. there is. He's he's like this balding, pale-looking. You remember guy. the bitter oh, beer God. face commercials? B- bitter beer face? What? Yeah, the the commercials with the bitter beer face guy. Uh uh-uh. uh No, uh, yeah, yeah, guy would drink a bad tasting beer in his face. It's well, scratch up. That's what this guy kind of looks like. like him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody gets the reference. I just I don't I don't remember it. All right, guys. Well, man, these are some these are some good villains. I would love to hear some of our. Uh, some of our listeners and I'm sure that there's a lot of villains out there. I'd love to hear some of your, your thoughts on some of the villains that we didn't bring up. Um, feel free to share those in the robots radio discord and let us know if there's, if there's a villain that tops any of the ones that we've brought up for you specifically, please point them out and tell us why. And we'll continue the conversation on the discord. Um, guys, Thank you for being here. This has been awesome. We're going to go back through and I'm just going to go in order uh, as who's on the screen. And if there's something that you are working on, a project that you've got going that you want to shout out or ways people can get a hold of you, feel free to share that. And we're going to start with Jaxus. Jaxus, thanks for being on, buddy. This has been awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks for inviting me here. Uh, 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 it's a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, now, I know you're a part of a, a podcast. So you just want me to give me my spiel? You do your spiel, dude. Yeah, you and Sorry, you and Maverick. Our this spiel be, at this point. Yeah, yeah. Both you and Maverick are a part of the Fallout Roundtable. That's right. We get together with five individuals. We sit around. We discuss various topics throughout the Fallout universe, and uh, we would love for everybody to come to our discord and give us all kinds of suggestions for show ideas and give us their opinions on the shows we've already done. We, we want the communication. We want the community. That's for sure. Um, you can find us at, you can send us an email at uh, follow RTB at gmail.com, or you can go to our Twitter, which is at follow RTB. Uh, did I say that right? At fallout RTB. Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. R- yeah. <laughs> you can follow me. 
on my Twitch. My handle there is at Jaxus1975. And for all other social medias, that is the same name. Uh, you can also email me at jaxusgmail.com. And I am working on a few things, but it's not the time or the place. I don't, I got more pieces to move and Ooh, things secrets. like that. Secrets. Yeah, I got some, got some solo stuff going on too. So awesome. Yeah. Well, I, mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll just have to wait to find out, but that's, that's exciting. Um, yeah, these guys are a part of the robots radio rocket club, which are a lot of the shows that have joined our creators. I should say that have joined the robots radio network, uh, new creators launching new shows who, and we meet it once a week and we all work together to help, guys like this launch their shows and uh grow their shows and and work on stuff together so it's it's awesome i'm glad you guys are part of the group and um your podcast is available on all the different platforms so whatever you're Mm -hmm. listening to this show on right now just go look them up robots rocket or um, robots rocket club fallout rocket club my brain is (laughs) is mush but there you go the robots rocket club no the uh fallout roundtable that's the thing you should look up because the other thing is not a podcast. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Jaxus. <laughs> All right. Lil Green, thank you for joining us. You got anything cool going on? Um, right now, I'm working on a couple small personal uh, like creative projects, but I'm going to keep them under wraps until I'm ready to announce them. But other than that, I, I really have nothing going on. All right, well, <laughs> My wedding season started as a photographer, so I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, spring's coming, huh? Oh, God, yeah, I can't wait for it. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thanks for being here. It's always nice to have it's you. A pl- it's always a pleasure being here. Yeah, dude. Um, Nova, what do you got going on? Uh, well, work mostly. I work like 10 hours a day, something like that. If you want to chat, just DM me or at me in the server. I'm always open to, uh, always open to talk. Um, I have a YouTube channel at Supernova. That's, uh, I just mostly do lore videos for Fallout, Halo, and Call of Duty and other things like that. Mostly zombies, or mostly Fallout, occasionally the other two, though. Uh, Twitter is toxic, is Supernova13. Uh, kind of got in the on that one. Um, like I say, if you want to chat, just hit me up in DMs or at me in the in the Discord. I'd love to love to talk to you. Awesome, awesome! Thanks for joining us. And Thanks Maverick, all. oh yeah, yeah, dude. And uh, Maverick, other than the um, Fallout Roundtable, <laughs> you got anything yeah, else going on? Yeah. Well, I'm always busy with with driving everywhere. Everyone knows that. Yep. Yep. Trucking, uh, truck, truck life. Truck life and, and recording at the same time. It's always a fun time. <laughs> yep. Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, go along with what Jax just said. Uh, we just released episode number four yesterday. So yeah, man, already four episodes in. It's been like a month already. Where's the time go? Where's the time so, go? Well, cool. Well, guys, thanks. Uh, so uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, pretty much nothing much else. So awesome. Okay. Well, I look forward to chatting with you guys again next month. If you decide to join me again, that would be awesome. And I will be back next week with another topic for our regular episode. And um, I, uh, I've i got some big news. I recently launched the Lord of the Rings lore cast. That's my I'm new show. Ooh. So yeah. that's yeah. This is this is my new personal project. It's a show I'm doing by myself. I launched the first episode uh, just this last week, and I'm starting with the creation of everything, and I'm going through in order of events for the lore and the background of Middle Earth and and all that stuff. And I'm super excited about it. I'm putting a lot of work into it, and I hope you guys will take take a listen. It's up on everything now, so you should be able to find it. So cool. again, wherever you're I'll listening to out. this, look it up. And it, sometimes the search engines for things like Apple Podcasts and stuff are a little tricky because they they will put the shows that have been around longer or have more reviews to the front. So just type in Lord of the Rings Lorecast, and it should come up if you if you type the whole title. Um, so go look it up. It's, it's available for everywhere. And, um, I'm very excited about it. I've taken a lot of the things I've learned from doing shows like this and incorporated it into that show. And I think it's going to be awesome. So I'd love to hear some of your feedback on that, on that show as well, but that's what I've got going on. And again, you can check out all of my shows and all the shows on the robots radio network at robotsradio.net. And of course there's shows that I'm doing, including live streams and games and things like that on the robots radio 
uh, YouTube channel and on Twitch and all that stuff most nights during the week. So lots of podcasts, live podcasts and video games to watch and all sorts of things. So again, thank you for being here, everybody. This has been awesome. What a wonderful discussion. And I will see you guys again later. Have a good rest of your week. And until then, try not to turn into an evil villain that gets under people's skin because nobody likes you villains. You guys are terrible. All right. We'll see see you guys later. Bye, everybody. Later. Plug into everything else we're doing. Check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.